You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to yet another exciting episode of Recovering Faith Podcast. Uh, This episode will eventually be a blog, but right now I'm just going to... uh, It's just going to be a podcast. I didn't write any of this down yet. Just got back from camping for Memorial Day and I just got off work a little bit ago, so haven't had a chance to write anything yet. I guess technically I had a chance to write something while I was out camping, but... I always think I'm going to, and then I never do, so yeah. Uh, today is going to be uh, another uh, episode in the series of things that I learned as a bus driver, and as I said before, it's not going to be chronological, so today's episode is all going to be about one trip that I took while uh, driving a tour bus. And let me just start off by saying that I do not have any issue with Jewish people, and I do not think that this group of people represents all Jewish people. With that said, uh, this trip that I took, it was the, I had them for an entire summer, and it was the longest summer of my life. And considering how I grew up, that is saying a lot. And so, with this trip, I was told that I was going to be taking some a bunch of uh, ultra-Orthodox Jewish girls camping in the national parks, and that I'd be with them all summer. And at the start, I had no idea what I was going to, getting myself into. I knew I'd be camping with them and everything, but I was I, I had no idea. When I first picked them up, it was just the the leaders, and then we went to the Denver airport to pick up the to pick up the rest of the girls. And this trip started out with and when we were on our way to Denver, when we were on I eighty through Nebraska, just before it splits off to go to Denver or to Cheyenne, and we're just before that point. A semi went across the median, and we almost had a head-on collision with the semi truck. So that wasn't really a good start to the trip. Then we get to the Denver airport, and the bus was supposed to be able to seat, uh, I believe it was uh, 52 people, and we had at least 60 people. So a lot of them were sitting in the aisles, and then we filled every single possible luggage rack underneath the bus plus they had to put a whole bunch of uh, luggage inside the bus in between the aisles and so that was where it started and we went and we weren't uh, camping in all these different national parks and we managed to get kicked out of a couple of them not because of anything me but because of the because of these girls. And 
except for the leaders, all of these girls were from New York and Chicago, and none of them had ever even been out of the city, much less camping. And so we were going to be camping the entire summer, and they couldn't understand why I wouldn't just let them sleep in the bus and just keep the bus running and leave the air conditioner on, and I'm like, nope, we can't do that. Uh, a lot of these national parks, they even had the rule where you can't let the bus idle for more than five minutes or they will fine you. It became quickly apparent on this trip that I was the, in their eyes, the least important person on the bus because uh, they were the chosen people and I was not. And they kind of acted like I was their servant. I was supposed to, I was supposed to do everything for them. And since they didn't know, never been camping before except for the leaders, I wound up setting up most of their tents and helping them with all kinds of stuff. And then I couldn't even, I, I couldn't go to a base, go to sleep early because they would stay up really late, make a noise. And then the leaders would come and wake me up at some ridiculous early hour in the morning, like four thirty, five in the morning, so that they could. Uh, so I could unlock the bus and get everything for them so that they could start with their daily pro uh, daily plans. And so I didn't get a whole lot of, of sleep during that trip. And the leader of this trip, she was constantly lying to me. And I am 100% certain that lying is not approved by the Torah because the Torah is basically the Old Testament and the Christian Bible and it says some very specific things about lying and so lying is not looked upon kindly but she would lie to me constantly there was a one time we were we'd go to went to uh, I forget which national park now it'll come to me in a minute and from there, we were going to go to Bryce Canyon the uh, next the next day. We were going to spend several days there and go to Bryce Canyon. And it was super hot, and we're down in this one canyon. I was trying to sleep, and there's no breeze whatsoever. And they, they come and wake me up and say, hey, we got to leave. And I asked them, well, why do we have to leave now? It's the middle of the night. And they said, well, we've got to... We want to get there before the sunrise so we can hike when the sun comes up. And so I would, uh, so we loaded everything up. And I wasn't supposed to know this, but I found out that the reason we had to leave in the middle of the night is because the Forest Service kicked them out because they were breaking so many rules. And then we get to, we get up to the next place, and I tell them, okay, all of you have to get out and go on your hike so I can sleep a while because. I hadn't got any sleep that night because they woke me up in the middle of the night and drove up there. And nobody wanted to get out of the bus. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go outside and try to sleep. So I was laying on a park bench trying to sleep. And shortly after I fell asleep, I woke up with a couple of chipmunks running up on the inside of my pant legs. 
And so I jumped up out of the park bench and just started kicking my leg like a crazy person trying to get the chipmunks out of my pants. At that point, I go back to the bus and I tell all the girls, I said, look, you said you wanted to come here to hike. And so you're going to need to get out of the bus and go hiking. And they didn't want to. And I said, if you don't get out of the bus and let me sleep for at least a couple of hours, I am not going to take you to Salt Lake City. And so they grudgingly got out of the bus and let me sleep for a little while. When they finally, when they got back in, I had told the lady that was in charge of the group, I said, look, I only have, sorry about the squeaking chair here. I told them, I said, I only have enough, enough time to legally drive to get us to the hotel. I can't go someplace else and then the hotel. And so she gave me an address and told me that was the ad- address for the hotel. But of course it was a lie. And we went up and it was an address to some Shabbat center. And of course, I, I talked to the rabbi and the rabbi kind of scalded her for lying to me. But, you know, we're already there, so what could we do? And so I just waited until they were done with that and then took them to the hotel. And there was one point, you know, she was this lady that was in charge of the group. She was constantly trying to get me to drive more than I was allowed to. I told her I was only allowed to drive 10 hours a day. And she said, well, what is the worst thing that could happen if you go over hours? And I said, well, the worst thing that could happen is I fall asleep and kill everybody. And she thought about that for a minute and said, oh, I didn't think about that. And then she said, well, what's the second worst thing that could happen? And I said, I get arrested and you guys wait out here for, for uh, three to five days for another driver to get out here? And she's like, oh, I didn't think about that either. And then one of the places we went is the is we went to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And there it's kind of interesting. We had to have we had a as a company we had to prove to the National Park Service that we had a minimum of five million dollars liability insurance before they would ever even let us in. And while we we're there at the National at the uh, Grand Canyon, there was this road that that had a 23-foot restriction, so no vehicles over 23 feet could go on the road, and the bus was 45 feet long, and the lady in charge, she said, well, she wanted me to go take him down that road, and I absolutely refused, and she said, well, what, what would happen if I called your boss, and your boss said that you had to take us down there or you'd be fired. I said, well, I would say, okay, well, I guess I guess you'll have to wait for the next driver because I'm heading home. And so she called my boss and tried to convince my boss to make me do it, and my boss said, oh, absolutely not. If he takes the bus on that road, I'm going to fire him. And at about this point, a park ranger happened to hear the conversation, and she showed up, and she said that if we went down that road, that me and the leader would get arrested. And so that kind of kept her from asking me to do that anymore. And then, so because the Jewish Sabbath is Friday from sundown until Saturday sundown, they couldn't camp those times. 
And so we'd stay at a hotel Friday night and sometimes Saturday night too because uh, if, depending on how far we were from the campground we are going to go to because they didn't really want to set up in the dark most times. So. so we'd spend Friday night and Saturday night at, the, at a hotel. One hotel we were at, I think it was actually in Salt Lake City, and the all the girls they took all of the Bibles out of their rooms and threw them in the hallway. And I told them that is extremely disrespectful, and they didn't think it was a big deal. And I said, well, how would you feel if someone took a bunch of copies of the Torah and threw them out in the hallway? And they said they would consider that to be extremely disrespectful and blasphemous. And I said, and that is exactly how Christians see it when you throw the Bible in the hallway. And so the, the leader went ahead and, and came, made the girls pick up all the Bibles and set them all on a table. Well, when they were, since they couldn't do anything for themselves on the Sabbath, they had to have other people do it for them. And they had, a, they had the hotel staff doing all kinds of stuff for him. Well, Saturday morning, I get up and I go down to the lobby to eat the breakfast and get coffee and everything. And the hotel manager, she said, well, I'm glad that it's Saturday. Now that, they, now that we don't have to help them do things, they can do things by themselves. And I said, no, it's still the Sabbath until sundown. And this lady was so frustrated, she just broke down and cried because these people were frustrating her so bad. Well, <clears throat> like I say, I had them for I had them for an entire summer. So the first few Saturdays, the first few uh, Friday nights and you know Saturdays, I would uh, hang around and I'd wind up doing all kinds of stuff for them. But then I realized that they're not allowed to use a cell phone on their Sabbath so they couldn't call me. And so what I would do is I would conveniently disappear somewhere and not show up until it wasn't the Sabbath anymore because I didn't want them to constantly be asking me to do something. And one time it was in New Mexico, I think, and I went. I had to go down to the holding tank on this uh, tour bus, and one of the girls had tri- flushed an aerosol can of hairspray or something down the toilet. I'll tell you that was not fun at all. Getting it, getting that out. I said so not a whole lot to do with the story, but when we were in the camping at the Teton National Park, my younger sister and her daughters. And my mother came, were not too far away, so they came up and, and met us. And I went on a hike with my nieces, and we got to the visitor center, and my nieces asked, they said, Uncle Gene, can you buy us some ice cream? And I said, I don't know, it depends. And they said, it depends on what? And I said, it depends on whether or not you're going to tell your mother, because uh, my sister is kind of a health freak, and so... She probably would not have been happy about them having the ice cream, but I'm like, well. So anyhow, I went up buying them the ice cream. But this whole time, this whole time through the, uh, through this, uh, with this whole trip, 
This was at the point in my life where I had just recently come back to Christianity. And whenever I would, uh, if ever I'd be reading the Bible or anything like that, they would find a reason to try to interrupt me because they did not, uh, they were definitely not fans of Christianity. But I did, by asking them all kinds of questions, I did learn a great deal about Christ, I mean about uh, Judaism that I didn't know before. And, you know, I was, before this point, I was completely, I was fairly completely ignorant of the Jewish culture and customs. And, hey, there goes a car. Sorry about that. I'm, that's what happens when I record in my house. I don't have a dedicated sound booth or anything. I record this podcast in my house, and so I get what I get. Maybe someday I'll have a sound booth, but... Until that point. Anyhow, carrying on with the story. So I said it was it was that point in my life where I was when I was just uh, coming back to Christianity. And one of the things I think the main thing that annoyed me the most about this group is that they had such a sense of entitlement. And I'm the kind of person that I don't think anyone's above the rules, and that. The rules apply to everybody equally, and I don't care what race or gender or nationality or socioeconomic status or anything somebody is. Anybody who thinks they're above the rules drives me nuts. And I never told them I thought so, but when they thought they were again above the rules, and then the park service came along and said, um, actually, no, you're not above the rules. These rules apply to you, too. That kind of, I thought that was kind of funny. And they, uh, so we got kicked out of two different parks. And then they got fined at two different other parks. So we got, I'm trying to remember, we got kicked out of uh, one in Utah. And then they figure out where the other one was, and then we got they got fined at the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, and then they got fined again at Estes Park. And so, it st- they still didn't get the point that they are not ab- above the rules. They still acted like they were, since there was like sixty uh, women and girls, they would go and they would go take over the men's bathroom too. And I said, you can't take over the men's bathroom. That's the men's bathroom. And they said, well, yeah, but there's so many of us. I said, that doesn't matter. And so then some of the other people camping out there complained about them taking over the men's bathroom because then, of course, the men didn't have any place to go. And, you know, we were definitely not the only people at the campground. The campgrounds are packed. And one time I walked into the bathroom and the girls were like, you can't be in here. And I said, yeah, I can. It's a men's bathroom. And so I just went in the bathroom, decided to uh, go in and use the bathroom. Because, And the girls freaked out and left. And I was like, well, I don't feel sorry for you because you are in the men's bathroom. It's not like I walked into the women's. And while we were, I forget which point we were at, but somewhere we were at, uh, somebody 
knew that these people were Jewish. And so somebody in the dirt on the back of the bus, somebody wrote, Jesus loves you. And so as soon as they saw that, they washed it off. Well, I am. Um, <coughs> I bring my, nope, there goes squeaky chair. I bring my camera everywhere I go, pretty much. And I took a lot of great photos. And actually, some of my photos I entered in some competitions and and actually placed in the competitions. I didn't win a prize or anything, but when the girls saw the photos that I took, the leaders told me that I was required to give them copies of their photos or the photos that I took. And I said, well, why should I do that? They're my photos. And she said, yeah, but we don't have a camera like yours, so we can't take those photos, so you were, so you have to give us copies of the photos. I was like, no, I don't. Well, I wound up eventually giving them copies of most of the photos anyway, but I kind of did it grudgingly because uh, they were just making it making it such a big, uh, big deal out of it. And then at, uh, at some point along the trip, they rented a minivan, and so some of them started riding in the minivan following us. And then the lady that was in charge of the group, her husband flew in and rented a car and started coming with us, and he was a rabbi. He seemed like a perfectly reasonable gentleman. And from the time he joined the trip, everything got quite a bit better because he kind of kept him in line a little bit. He didn't, he wasn't quite, he wasn't anywhere nearly as high strung as his wife and as far as I know, he never lied to me on this. Uh, so, so that was good. But before the before her husband, the rabbi, met up with us, uh, her little girl, who was about no, I guess it was her granddaughter, because her daughter was on the trip, and her granddaughter was probably six or something. And she kept standing up and running back and forth across the bus. And I kept telling them that they had to make her sit down. And they didn't. And then she'd, I'd tell her she had to sit down. She'd sit down for just a minute and then get up and start running across the bus again. Finally, I stopped and I said, look, you need to sit down, take a seat. If I see you up again while this bus is in motion, I'm going to stop and duct tape, duct tape you to the seat. And so she started sitting down. We got to the next location. Her mother came up to me and said, that was extremely inappropriate. You should never discipline my child. And I said, you know what? It probably was inappropriate for me to discipline your child. But you know what's even more inappropriate? That out of the 60 plus people on this bus, I'm the only one that cares that if we have to break suddenly, or if we hit a deer or something, that she'd fly forward and hit the front of the bus and possibly kill her. That's what's really inappropriate. And I don't care whose responsibility it is, and I don't care how inappropriate it is, I am ultimately responsible for the safety of everybody on this bus. So when I give a safety order, it will be followed, or I'm gonna stop and drop you all off. So, um, she kind of realized later she said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry I overreacted. Uh, I'm grateful that you cared about my daughter. So, But I just like, 
wow, am I the only one that cares that this little girl's going to get killed if we have to stop suddenly? So there was just, it was just such a frustrating trip. We had lots of mechanical problems. We had a, they pretty much destroyed the bus. Air conditioner went out. We paid somebody to fix the air conditioner and then they just made it worse. Eventually we had to have another bus come out and meet us and we switched buses and they wound up destroying that one as well. It was it was uh, such a long trip. And I'll tell you, I mean, I there's a lot of times that I don't pray as often as I should, but I tell you what, I had to pray a lot on that trip for patience. And despite the fact that I yelled at them a few times, the lady in charge of the group told me that I that out of all the drivers that she's ever had on for their trip, because I do that trip every year, she said I was the most patient driver they'd ever had. And I, was, I asked her, really? And she said, yeah. They had one driver that was so frustrated, frustrated with him, he just parked the bus and quit and flew home. So, yeah. Anyhow, I don't know if I have at this moment any real gospel parallels for, uh, to tie in with this. I just, I just wanted to tell that story because I thought it was an interesting and neat story. And, and you know, if you enjoyed it, well, I'm glad you did. If you didn't enjoy it, I guess not every episode is everybody's cup of tea. So if you have any questions or there's anything you want to know about me or about my spiritual journey or any questions in general about uh, religion or the Bible, send me a message. Go to genecurl.com and and send me a message, and I will do the absolute best I can to answer it. And there's a lot more to this story, but since I didn't actually write a whole lot of notes, I'm just kind of uh, shooting from the hip here tonight. Uh, that'll be it for this issue. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more episodes about about uh, my bus driving experiences to come. So stay tuned. I'll try to make sure the rest of them are a little more planned out so that I am, and I will... Uh, try to tie them into to um, make them a little more didactic and tie them into some uh, biblical principles so until that point thanks for listening I hope you and your family are well and I will catch you next week thanks for listening to the recovering faith podcast please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family you are loved